new CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hey, what's good? It's Blurry Gulo once again, and welcome back to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Remember to rate, subscribe, and leave a five-star review with your recruiting question for our team of analysts for a chance to get it answered on an upcoming mailbag episode. If you want to know more about your favorite team or a specific recruit or whether or not someone can flip down the road or the upcoming Elite 11 Finals, remember to pop in your question and add a five-star rating for a chance to get it answered on our upcoming mailbag episode. Also, if you're listening to the show directly on a 24-7 Sports website, you don't have to wait until it gets embedded on a message board or in an article. You can get the podcast the moment it comes out on your phone if you subscribe on Apple or Spotify, so please do that. We're about to check in with 24-7 Sports National Analyst Charles Power to talk all things Elite 11 Finals after the roster was announced late last week. But before we get to that, let's begin with the kickoff. Could the third time be the charm for four-star defensive back Kamar Wilkinson? The IMG Academy prospect recently flipped his commitment from Tennessee to Florida, marking the third time he's been committed to the Gators. Yeah, that's right. One, two, three. That's, that's three times he's been committed to the Florida Gators. Will Cuxon first committed to Florida as a freshman, then backed off that verbal. He recommitted to Florida last summer after his sophomore year and since backed off that commitment. He then committed to Tennessee, and now he is kicked off this summer by recommitting to the Gators and flipping that pledge from the vaults. With about six months to go until the projected early signing period in December, Wilcoxon does have more time for another twist and turn in this wild, wild recruitment. But no matter what happens next, this has already been one of the more eventful recruitments in the 2021 cycle. So it should be interesting to monitor, especially if the visit restrictions are lifted later this summer. So uh, we'll be monitoring that. We'll be checking in on that. Uh, but already, we can already say, Three time and and the Gators are hoping that it's the charm. Switching gears now, we are joined by national recruiting analyst Charles Power, twenty four seven Sports. We're going to touch on the big news that that came down last week: a roster announcement for the Elite Eleven, which kicks off in a week down in Tennessee. It's going to be a loaded event. It's going to be jam packed with with some of the nation's top quarterback prospects. Charles, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Blair. I'm lo- looking forward to seeing some some footballs in the air. I guess in the next like week or so. So, um, yeah, I'm planning on being there for for that event, and it should be it should be a good one. I mean, like like you said, um, a lot of top quarterbacks are are on the roster for this event. You know, events like this 
are are so useful for the evaluation process and they are uh, a, a big tool when you go into some of these rankings meetings that we have uh, you know when we're discussing especially the quarterback position when we're trying to differentiate certain traits certain characteristics that these quarterbacks have and you know I think it's very useful in an event like this with the way it's set up where you get to see a quarterback take a rep and then you see a different quarterback take that same rep right after. And they're both trying to make that same throw to, to, you know, a receiver that maybe is, is running out to the sideline or, or a post route or, or something where they have to get it over a level of a defense. You get to really get a, a feel for how each quarterback is different than the others. And then you can really kind of stack them up in a way. I, I think that's probably the most useful part of an event like this. Yeah, and I, I think I think it's a good point, and it's probably um, you know I guess we should probably explain at least what we think the setup's going to be. Um, so this is like the Elite Eleven Finals, which is probably not to be confused with the opening finals, which is kind of the typically the last um, yeah I guess the the last kind of uh, part of, of this process in in most years which, which i'm assuming they probably aren't having that this year um that's the that's the event that has all of the top prospect with, at other positions and this one's gonna be mainly quarterbacks so i think we're probably gonna see the, the quarterbacks throw into more like local receivers um if we if we have dbs it'll probably be local dbs but um so we probably won't have quite of the the competitive seven on seven component to this um so i think your point, Blair, is probably even, um, you know, more uh, emphasized in that we will we will most likely have it'll be like a a lot of uh, individual throwing, and we'll have maybe some of the pro day and seven on seven component, but um, probably not to the level that we would see in most years um, without the other top prospects, the other positions, um, you know, filling out the rest of the seven on seven. So it, it I think the just kind of like you said getting a feel for the arm talent um the you know uh technical ability um the the movement skills and just kind of like how how these guys just really like how they spin the ball how they, th- how they throw the football um side by side yeah i i agree that that'll probably be the biggest thing to take away from this but yeah, um, yeah so you yeah. were you were at a regional event right that was down yeah. was it in florida where you it was went? in it was in atlanta in I atlanta to, yeah i think it was like it was the the first one that they had they only had ended up having a couple yeah and then i went to the one in southern california so we both got a real sense of what it was right without like you mentioned without the the seven on seven concepts uh with that format where you have some of the nation's top defensive backs covering some of the top receivers and tight ends and and some linebackers mixed in there as well um i i think uh, all of all of what we saw down in Southern California was was routes on air, right? So there's no real defensive back presence. So you're you're kind of just noticing quarterbacks making these throws, but there's no real obstacle or roadblock right. in front of them. Um, but in the in the same sense, they were docking. So they have a, a point system, right? So th- they're docking you based on how catchable a football is, right? Or, or, mm-hmm. or a certain pass, or you have to fit it through a window, or you have to get it, uh, you know within arm's reach or you have to lead the receiver you can't throw it behind him these are all things 
that they take into account. And and the coaches at the Elite Eleven are usually taking score right after every rep, and they're and they're trying to, uh, I, I guess, kind of keep a, a real stats statsy kind of a, a breakdown right when when there isn't any defensive backs that you know could make it a a, a win or a loss on a given rep. So. That's going to be, I think, a very interesting setup, and I think that's one of the things that I'm really intrigued about and in how they're going to measure uh, right. some of these prospects. And and the the roster is loaded. You know, we we can go down the list here. Uh, I know, obviously, it, it's going to be, I think, uh, very. I, I think the the people are going to want to know who the top guy is in the country, and and mm-hmm. I think right now uh, Caleb Williams is is a guy that has a lot of buzz and and, and a lot of the attention uh, in this twenty twenty one class. Who can challenge him? Like when you when you're going into an event like this, are you thinking that Caleb is head and shoulders above everyone else, or or do you feel like there's a select group that can really push him for that number one spot? Yeah. I think there's a group that could push him for sure. Um, you know, as, as maybe opposed to some some prior years, I think there's a larger group uh, in that um, kind of in that tier entering the the summer that than maybe in the past. Um, you know, last year w- w- without DJ Uyunglele there, it was it was Bryce Young and then and then a kind of a gap. Um, so I, I think this year it's. Uh, probably a little more even across the board, um, you know. And I, and I think Caleb Williams has some some things to prove. You know, he's obviously very talented, um, but you know, probably didn't have quite the uh, you know junior year production of 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 your typical number one quarterback. So it's not like you know he comes into this or or kind of comes out of his junior season with without something to prove. But yeah, I mean, I you know, I, in some of these, I've had varying exposure to some of these. So some of these guys, um, you know, very familiar with with with, with Drake May, seen him um, several times. Uh, I've seen Brock Vandegrift within the past year, but um, have not seen Sam Heward. So I'm really looking forward to that. He's kind of one in in that top group. Um, you know, in that I guess we have Caleb Williams in, in the top ten, and this this next group after kind of in the top, um, you know, thirty forty. Sam Hewer, Jake May, Brock Vandegrift, JJ McCarthy, Tyler Buckner. Um, those are probably the ones I would rattle off just as the um the imme- the ones that are immediately behind Caleb Williams. But um yeah, I mean, you know, seeing Sam Heward first uh first time, that would be kind of uh I'm I'm very intrigued by that. Um I saw Drake May in January and he was phenomenal, kind of um, you know, would want to see how he if how he kind of backs up that performance. It was in a seven on seven. So, you know, seeing him in a camp um, and just kind of how he spins the ball would, would be interested in that. Uh, Brock Vandegrift has gotten a good bit bigger. He's added a lot of, uh, a lot of muscle uh, kind of bulk uh, over the course of the past year. So I'm um, looking forward to seeing how he um, just kind of stacks up physically. And, and I think he, from all indications, he's kind of looks like a different, a different player, um, at least physically. Um, first look at JJ McCarthy and Tyler Buckner, um, Blair. And I, I know we were talking about Tyler Buckner before we came on, and I think he's a really intriguing guy as well. Um, kind of seeing him in that same setting with with a lot of national arms, and um, you know, he's one that is is definitely does not uh, until his uh, uh, transfer this past offseason. You know, is a guy who they never saw like a ton of competition. So I think seeing him, this could be an informative environment. Seeing him in that. Um, you know, kind of in the, in that competitive sense, uh, against a lot, a lot of the top guys. 
Right. Buckner, a five-star in the 24-7 sports composite, committed to Notre Dame from the San Diego, San Diego area and wasn't playing the competition that a lot of these other quarterbacks have played. You know, So I had a lot of question marks about Tyler Buckner heading into the Elite 11 Regional down in Southern California. You know, I, He's also coming off an ACL injury, right? So mm-hmm. he's had the, the knee issue that, that really slowed him down. Um, so I had some question marks about his level of play, right? You know, he's not going up against the best players. Uh, you know, you look at his film and, and some of these guys that he's matching up against, you know, five, eight, five, nine, they don't look like cultural prospects, uh, right. but he's doing what he has to at that level. Um, so you have to give him a lot of credit for dominating the way he, he has up to this point. Obviously he's going to move over to Helix in, in, in also in the San Diego area. So he's, he's going to st- take a step up and this is going to be a nice, I think opportunity for him to gain some more confidence heading into that season with an event like this, where he's going to be going up against some of the nation's top quarterbacks and really, you know, have a chance to not only prove himself, but really show that, Hey, you know, it's unfortunate that I haven't played the competition that you guys are playing, but I'm just as good as anyone out here. Um, and, and I thought he was very impressive at Elite 11 in, in, in Los Angeles. Uh, probably the top prospect there. Uh, I thought, you know, I, I love his mobility outside the pocket. That's another thing that I really like about an event like this. You know, not only are these guys stationary and they're going rep after rep after rep and taking their turns, but the drills are are really they give you a really good sense of overall athleticism, right? They, they roll these guys out to their right. They roll these guys out to their left. They make them make some off platform throws, some flat footed throws, uh, some on the run off, you know, wrong foot throws. Uh, there's, there's so much variance in the type of throw. And, and sometimes a guy looks really good in one drill. And then there's another one where you're like, Oh, he cannot roll to his left at all. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, and you can, and, and but Buckner to his credit was, he looked special. Like he, he, he has the athleticism to be able to make any throw on the run. Uh, I really like his touch. He's got good arm strength, not elite arm strength, but it's, I think it's really good. Um, and, and I think Notre Dame fans should be really excited heading into the elite 11 as Buckner hopes to, you know, continue to, to prove what he's about when I wanted to get back to Sam Heward, he's committed to, to Washington, um, a, a local boy from the, the state of Washington has been on the radar for so long, has been committed for a long time. I think that I think has slowed his, his buzz in a way, right? When, when you're an uncommitted prospect and especially at the quarterback position, I think your buzz builds and builds. And, and, and we saw that with CJ Stroud last year, uh, you know, who ended up signing with Ohio state went into the elite 11 you know took the roof off the the building i, th- I think he had a, a tremendous summer it catapulted him to having even more and more offers and and you, i think his stock just raised because he was uncommitted in a way uh, a guy like sam heward i think is affects him because he's kind of in the back of everyone's mind by now mm-hmm. right he's forgotten and and all that uh, when you go into an event like this, after seeing Sam Heward on film for the last couple of years, seeing the kind of throws that he's making, seeing some of the reps that he takes in seven on seven and, and during the circuit summer camp, uh, you know, events, when, when you go into this, what are you looking for specifically with a guy like him where you, you feel like you know a lot about? Yeah, um, I, I think it's, it, it's just adds extra um you know, kind of lens, uh, to, to view these guys through. Um, I I think, you know, it's, it's important to maybe not, um, you know, I think to, to view this properly and, and kind of, we, I think it, in our heads, we all kind of assign weight to certain things and 
certain aspects maybe stick with us longer than, than others. Um, you know, for me, this would be my first in-person impression of Sam Heward. Um, so, so, um, but, but hopefully we'll get to see these guys again, you know, further down the line and we'll see them in all-star games and like that. So this really just kind of is a, is a chapter, uh, of the evaluation process, at least most years it is, um, this season it, it would be, or this cycle, it would be more important because we aren't, we aren't going to have the regionals, um, and you know, who knows what's going to happen with the season. So I, I think it's important to see all that in the right context. This year might mean a little more, um, than, than, than typical years. I think with, with Sam Heward, you know, I'm just, I, I, each guy kind of has some things that I think, you know, you could probably go down the list and, and, and pick out some, some areas that you would want to see. Um, you know, Sam Heward is one where I think he, he moves around pretty well, um, in terms of just like his, like his ability, like his mobility with the pocket to move, but he's a guy who doesn't really run for a lot of yards. So I, for me, it would be, in addition to just kind of getting an overall picture of him, um, you know, just throwing the ball around for the first time, I, I think seeing how he moves, getting an idea for how he moves. I mean, I think he, he only had, you know, 81 rushing yards this year, um, didn't run a ton either. So just kind of getting an idea for, for the mobility. Um, but I think there, there, there's, there's each guy has, has questions. No one is, is without questions entering this event. So, um, I think it adds just, uh, a good uh a good lens to view it and with it being in person um you know it kind of eliminates any kind of film guesswork or um you know you aren't watching a highlight video so you can see a little you you get to see the good and the bad with each guy too which i think certainly helps right we are joined by charles power he's a national analyst for 24 7 sports you can follow him on twitter at charles power we're going to take a short break we're going to continue the conversation about the elite 11 finals coming up next week you are listening to the 24 7 sports football recruiting podcast the chilling new original docuseries on paramount plus why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. We are back on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast, joined by Charles Power, national analyst for 24-7 Sports. You can follow him on Twitter, at Charles Power. Charles, let's continue our talk about the Elite 11 Finals, a preview of sorts heading into what what you know could very well be the premier event of the summer. Every year, right, the, the opening finals is the big evaluation event. It, it's where a lot of these prospects, prospects go to try to get that fifth star or there's those five star prospects that go in there 
trying to prove that they, they are the best in the country and, and trying to move up in the rankings. As much as these recruits and these players say that, that rankings don't matter and, and stars don't matter, I think we all know you and I get messages right about uh, players wanting to maybe get a bump up from three to four or from four to five or, you know, wondering what, when they're going to move up in the top 24-7. So, you know, they, they, they care about this stuff and it's always good to see players go into events like this with that mindset, right? Where they're hoping to prove something or, or they're hoping that they belong or that they're better than maybe someone else. I think the quarterback position too is, is a, is a bit uh, interesting in that regard, right? I think all these guys have a little bit of ego. Um, you know, a lot of them are really good kids and they all want to be uh, a leader, right? They're considered kind of that head of the, the football team, especially the offensive side. They are the voice uh, and kind of the face of a program when they get to the college football ranks. Um, but all these guys, I think they want to show that they are the guy. Uh, it, that's going to be a, a very interesting thing to, too, to kind of see that dynamic, right? When guys are all matched up with alphas and they're all trying to kind of prove that they're they're the top dog. Yeah, and I, it's, it's it's interesting. You know, I think we might have seen this maybe a little more with this cycle than in some of the past, um, especially with the way you know re- quarterback recruiting is very accelerated, and, and we've seen a lot of these a lot of these quarterbacks were committed prior to their junior season, and you had teams that kind of had to you know formulate their boards early and um, you know take some uh, prioritize some of these guys over some of the others. So you wonder if there's like, you know, a, a little bit of a chip on some of these guys' shoulders trying to perform against ones who um, were kind of prioritized by other programs ahead of them. Um, so I think that's an interesting component um, that you brought up, Blair. But yeah, it, it's, I think the competitive aspect is, is certainly, certainly informative. Um, you know, seeing how guys get out there and, and respond to adversity, because I think everybody, um, you know, people always say baseball is a sport of failure. Well, I mean, quarterback is definitely a position of failure. I, I think everybody's going to uh, experience some adversity. And when you look at when you look at NFL quarterbacks, the guys who are the starters, um, there's a, a high uh, percentage of, of of guys who make it to that level and, and definitely succeed at that level that have had some um, adversity in their career, some roadblocks. And there's definitely um, a, a high factor of 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 ones who have have something to prove. So I think it's a positive um, when you're looking at guys in the position, it's obviously really highly competitive and um, you need to have kind of have that drive. So um, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a, you know, interesting uh, component of this, you know, I, from our perspective, I think it's always important to not overestimate, just like not overestimate stuff we, we don't see, but I think if we can see that um, in this, in this setting, it can definitely help a lot. Without a doubt, I really enjoy the setting and the environment that it creates. Um, you know, we talked about earlier about how some of these quarterbacks are taking rep after rep after each other. So let's say J.J. McCarthy steps up and makes an amazing back shoulder throw to, to the sideline and, and the receiver makes the catch and everyone's pumping him up. The other quarterbacks are, are just blown away by that throw, uh, you know, and then Ty Thompson, the Oregon commit from Arizona 
has to take the rep right after and he has to replicate that same throw, but maybe put a little bit more juice on it or make it a little bit more catchable. I, I think when you look at those little microcosms, th those little aspects of it, uh, you know, how he embraces the moment, those are all things that I, I, I really cherish when I'm in evaluating a, a quarterback specifically, right? You, you're looking at the guy that has that it factor. Um, and these are the moments that provide us the ability to have uh, an inside look at, at maybe some of the, the character of some of these guys, uh, what drives them, you know, how, you know, how they go about their business, you know, whether or not they're, they're lax or quiet, but, but focused. Um, th those are all things that I think you have to take into account, especially at the quarterback position, because it's so pivotal to have some of those intangibles, right? Some of the, the other aspects of, of, you know, the kind of being a, a good college football player. Um, on the topic of JJ McCarthy, you, you touched on it earlier. These, these are some of the players that have been committed so long because because the quarterback position just moves at a rapid pace when it comes to recruiting. He's been committed to Michigan since May of 2019. So it's been over a year that he's, that he's made his announcement that he will be playing for the Wolverines. So, you know, obviously Michigan fans are so excited about the, the prospect of him getting on campus and competing for, for the spot right away. He's a five-star in the, in the composite, a top 15 prospect nationally in the composite. Um, you know, when you, when you go into an event like this, when you've seen JJ McCarthy on film, similarly to, to, you know, Sam Heward, what, what kind of things are you going to be looking for with him specifically? Yeah. So I, I think the thing with JJ McCarthy, um, you know, first off, I think he had, um, when we were going through, you know, ranking these 2021 quarterbacks, I, in my opinion, I think he had one of the better, if not the best sophomore season, um, of all of these. And obviously the, the degree of importance of, of that, um, you know, lessens as, as we get more, you know, the junior season, obviously, obviously the senior season. Um, but, but I thought he was really good as a sophomore leveled off a little bit as a junior, um, kind of the biggest question around JJ McCarthy, um, just really from, from the jump has kind of been how he stacks up with everyone else on um, these other top quarterbacks in terms of, you know, physical ability. Uh, when I say that, I mean like, you know, stature, arm strength, um, you know, how translatable is he from a physical perspective? So that's one of the main things I'll be looking for. And this will be my first chance to see him. So, um, you know, just kind of how he compares um, with, with, with the, the top quarterbacks in that regard. Um, and, you know, I guess his, his overall accuracy, um, taking care of the ball, stuff like that, um, a lot of the general things um, that, that may be questions that aren't dissimilar to kind of what we'll see for, from a lot of these other guys. Um, but like I said earlier, the, I think each guy kind of enters this with maybe some specific skill set or, um, you know, performance things that I think this will certainly, um, you know, kind of, kind of lend some, uh, uh, you know, some, some background for, and just a, a different, a different way to um, kind of assess what, what they showed in high school. Cause you know, I, I think the, the, the spread offense has, has made it easier to evaluate quarterbacks um, at least from a performance perspective, but uh, you know, kind of on that note and in what, like we mentioned with, with Tyler Buckner, um, and, and some others, you know, they, they're different. Everybody's in not, not in the same situation. So different levels, um, you know, different, uh, coaches, you know, competition. So this, I think the best thing about this is it puts everybody in the same playing field. So, um, I think viewing JJ McCarthy in, in that context against these other top arms, uh, will be, will be pretty informative. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that for sure. 
Yeah, and there will be an Ohio State commit there as well with Kyle McCord. So mm-hmm. those are always some interesting battles, right? When you have no a, doubt. A, a, a rival going up against a future rival and you you start to kind of see some of the competitiveness that both of them have. Uh, I want to go back to a, a thing that you mentioned earlier with the potential guys that could push for that number one spot and, and you know, maybe come back Caleb Williams, who right now is slotting in that position. One of the guys is North Carolina commit Drake May. Uh, you know, you, you've mentioned it. You've been on record that North Carolina can can build a top five class in state, right? They, they've done such a tremendous job of recruiting in state. Drake May is one of those guys. He mm-hmm. checks a lot of the boxes. I, I was reading over the weekend a, a, a really good piece, a really good breakdown by our own Steve Wiltfong, the director of recruiting for 24-7 Sports. And he, he mentioned that Drake May checks a lot of boxes, is physically gifted, has all the tools that you look for in a potential five-star prospect. Uh, and and when you go to an event like this, I, I think those are the things that can set him apart, right? Because he's going to look the part, but but can he go throw for throw with, with some of the top players? Yeah, Drake May is interesting. Um, and I probably have seen more of him um, than anyone else in this group. And so I... First saw him at the Charlotte Regional last year, and I'll be honest, like he was pretty rusty. Um, he is a guy who, uh, you know, plays a lot of basketball. Um, his his brother, for those who don't know, is it was Luke May, who was on North Carolina's uh, national championship team um, several years ago, Final Four team, um, and so so he's a guy who who really kind of has emerged as a football first guy, but, but was heavy, heavily on the AAU circuit early on. Um, definitely could have been a, a division one basketball player had he wanted to. Um, so, so when I saw him at that event, he was, he was pretty rusty. Like you could tell he hadn't been throwing a lot. Um, and so I, I saw him, he had a great junior season, probably the best statistically the best junior season from a passing standpoint of, of any 2020, 2021 quarterback, or at least, guys that that played kind of that level of competition um and so so great junior year and then I saw him at a seven on seven in January and I'd always heard um he's he's relatively local to me and and I'd always heard several people that I trust that have like opposing high school coaches that have have gone against him in these um uh seven on seven tournaments at like kind of like high school at the high school level and uh people had always said he's really good in seven on seven and I mean I like I was kind of blown away by how good he was in January. And it was, they were playing against a team that had, um, you know, I think an entire power five secondary. He was playing against Cam Newton, seven on seven team from, from Georgia. And he really picked them apart. Um, so I think just with, with, with Drake may, uh, a lot of people would see kind of his background in high school and assume he's super polished and he's really not. So I, he's a guy who I think has a lot of, physical upside and will, will benefit from kind of making that transition to being a football only player, um, athlete. But, uh, I think he certainly has some things that he can continue to clean up and, you know, seeing how he, how the ball comes out of his hand, how he spins the ball um, with, with all of these reps. I wouldn't surprise me if he's a guy who, who gets better as the week progresses. Um, and, and I know he's really good in, in live settings, but, um, you know, just kind of seeing how he improves, continues to improve mechanically kind of once he um, starts to focus on football. Cause yeah, I really think he's, he's relatively raw, um, which my point is, you know, some upside, but um, I, I'm, I'm eager to see how he stacks up with, with a lot of these quarterbacks who are probably 
some of them are probably a little more trained um, from like a, you know, private quarterback coach standpoint um, that he is. So uh, I'm kind of interested to see how, how he stacks up with those guys. Yeah, guys that are a bit more refined that that maybe practice all these little drills and, and the intricacies of of what a, an event like this entails, right? The, right. the five step drop, going you know going out of the shotgun, but also doing some footwork stuff that you know some guys aren't familiar with a lot of the concepts and a lot of the the things that they have to learn in a very uh, short amount of time at, at an event like this to really get things down and and, and really go up to par and, and up to speed with maybe some other guys. We are joined by Charles Power. He's a national analyst for 24-7 Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Charles Power. Charles, before we let you go, there are a few other guys that could continue their rise. These are guys that maybe were ranked lower or or weren't on the radar as much as they are now. Um, Caden Salter is one of them from from the state of Texas, committed to Tennessee this offseason. And then Ty Thompson is another one, a four-star prospect from the state of Arizona who's committed to Oregon. Both of them had made the, their decisions this past spring. Um, we got a chance to see them out here out west. I, I saw Caden Salter at the battle event in Las Vegas, uh, in early February. And he, he was, he, he was really good. Um, I, I remember taking video of him and, and, and sending that over to, to our website to get it on his profile and, and just noticing some of the throws he was making, uh, you know, he has really good arm talent. Uh, I think the ball comes out of his hand seamlessly and, and mm-hmm. effortlessly, and he's really smooth through all that. Uh, he made a big jump in our rankings in the top 24 seven, obviously had garnered offers from all over the country announced that he was going to be playing his ball for for the Vols and 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 a guy like this is is definitely one that it goes in there already on the radar but could continue to shoot up the rankings yeah for sure it I mean I I think we both kind of came away with the same impression um I I, of Caden Salter I I saw him um at at an event maybe like a week or two before you did and and thought the same thing um and he's a guy who like I, I think some years he may his he might have had a, even a, a quicker rise with with a full camp circuit, um, but just given how good he looked in, in the seven on seven setting. But yeah, he's a guy who who really is. It, it's just pretty throwing the ball. Like he's got a, like like you said a strong arm, kind of got some like some twitchy arm strength. Um, spins the ball exceptionally well. Everything is is pretty consistent mechanically. Good athlete. So I think the big the big thing with 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 Caden Salter is just kind of you know, th- throwing him in this competitive environment and seeing, um, you know, the accuracy level of consistency. Um, we know he can throw it, you know, he can throw it over the mountain, but, um, you know, just see, seeing uh, throw to throw the, the consistency. And I think that also apl- uh, applies to Ty Thompson, you know, a guy who shows a lot of arm talent at the high school level, um, you know, the Oregon commit, uh, pretty prolific passer out in Arizona. Um, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing, you know, his his consistency he's a guy when you when you look kind of look at his his high school stats he he's uh, definitely um very productive from from a, from a raw standpoint in terms of the overall numbers he puts up um but but you know probably i think after caleb williams is the second lowest completion percentage so just kind of seeing you know getting a, a feel for for the ball placement and accuracy um because i really think like accuracy is one of the things it's one of the the areas that that is kind of difficult to to improve um some of this you can't judge actually straight off of uh completion percentage a, a lot of that is can, can be offense and whatnot um it, it does uh provide a little bit of a glimpse but um 
seeing the 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 guys in, in this setting will really kind of give you uh, a, a better sense for their anticipation, feel, um, ball placement, and I think that's that's something that um, is is pretty endemic uh, in in, in a, a trait that you you rarely see get better as as they go up up level. So um, I, I think that that would be um, kind of you know, something that I'm looking for with Ty Thompson and just the overall consistency with, with Thompson and Salter. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah. Decision-making, getting yeah. the ball out quickly, you yep. know, leading receivers, all that sort of stuff, the, the smaller details. Uh, Cause, because, yeah, yeah. Because anyone could really make that throw, right. Especially at this level where you're, you're, you're at the elite level finals. So you're there for a reason, but can you make that extra little detail and take it over the top? Yeah, and Blair, I, th- I, I thought you made a good point um, earlier in that you know some of these drills, throws, scenarios they're put in um, c- can be exposing. So you know we we see some things in in this setting because it's just because there's so many throws. I, I just remember remember kind of taking note um, at, at the regional I was at. One benefit, you know, yeah, like there wasn't a pass rush, there was no DBs. Like a lot of that is not as uh, ideally applicable but one thing you do notice is if a guy is throwing the ball behind and low like you're going to pick up on that pretty quick um so so that was i think i think that's one um you know positive we can draw out of this kind of just from a um evaluation standpoint it just provides a, a closer look at stuff like that that you might not see um in a live game where they're throwing 30 passes and half of them are behind the line of scrimmage. So it, it's just, it, it's a larger sample kind of getting a better picture on how precise they are for sure. Right. And and there's a whole nother layer to this, and this might be a separate podcast that we can do at, at some point, but the recruiting ramifications that an event like this has, right? Like a, a let's say Sam Heward goes in there, wins the elite 11. Uh, that's a little extra ammo for Washington there to try to keep a mecca Buka home. Right. Or, if Kyle McCord wins it and, and, you know, he's the guy at Ohio state or JJ McCarthy or whoever it may be, Ty Thompson, Caden Salter, all these guys, if they rise in the rankings, if they make that push for the number one spot in the late 11, uh, you can bet that there will be graphics sent out by some of these college programs. You can bet that they will be telling their offensive recruits that the offensive linemen, that they will be blocking for that top quarterback, the receivers, the running back, all, all those guys. There's just so many other layers to an event like this where there's marquee names and marquee programs represented that is going to allow these college coaches to then make an extra recruiting pitch. Oh, no, no doubt. And I, I think, you know, we, we, we see this both on a daily basis, following recruiting like we do, covering recruiting like we do. Um, I, colleges are looking for anything, any kind of material right now to, to, to use as a recruiting tool. And um, without, you know, to a lot of years, we would have the other top prospects. A lot of the, like the skill players would be at this event with a quarterback. So you would have kind of the in-person recruiting going. But um, I think this with it just being quarterbacks, it allows the colleges to kind of craft their own narrative. So it, it will be interesting. I think seeing kind of what comes out of this and there's no doubt there'll be uh, information and graphics all uh, generated for sure. So that, that'll kind of be a fun, uh, fun offshoot of, of, of this of next week. Well, it's been fun, Charles. I, I really appreciate you hopping on and, and giving our listeners uh, kind of an inside look, a behind the curtains look at, at what you will be looking for 
when you're down in Nashville at the Elite 11 Finals. And we're going to have to get you back on early next month to, to recap everything and, and, and kind of hear your thoughts about how things went down down there. Sounds good, boy. I'm looking forward to it. All right, so that's Charles Power. You can follow him on Twitter at Charles Power. He's a national analyst for 24-7 Sports. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast.